Next on the 5 O'Clock Report. Cartels are responsible for the deaths of Americans. They lobbed a rocket into Texas. We'd wipe them off the planet. COVID-19 more likely was the result of an accidental lab leak. What's the next technology we should be chasing? Now, let's go to the newsroom. A virus and a drug. Good afternoon. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm Mark Webster. Both a virus and a drug, deadly to millions, were on the spotlight on Capitol Hill today. With the deaths of two Americans in Mexico at the hands of drug cartels fresh on their minds, lawmakers focused on fentanyl, the potent and deadly opioid that has claimed so many American lives. Attorney General Merrick Garland. The cartels are responsible for the deaths of Americans. and We are fighting as hard as possible. The DEA and the FBI are doing everything possible to dismantle and disrupt and ultimately prosecute the leaders of the cartels. Senator Lindsey Graham says it's time for direct intervention to wrest control of the border away from the drug lords. If there were an ISIS or al-Qaeda cell in Mexico that lobbed a rocket into Texas, we'd wipe them off the planet. They're doing that times thousands, and our response is inadequate. Graham announcing he'll introduce legislation soon to designate the group of cartels as foreign terrorist organizations. That would give the U.S. broader authority to target cartels and their conspirators Graham will also seek authorization to allow the U.S. military to go into Mexico and destroy drug labs. The two Americans who survived that cartel attack in Mexico this week are back on U.S. turf. The wife of one of them, Eric Williams, got a quick call from her husband. He's just glad to be alive. It's, it's sad because two other people lost their lives. Staying with the border, President Biden is reportedly considering bringing back a controversial family detention border policy. Biden ended the Trump-era policy of detaining migrant families who crossed the border illegally, but the White House is considering bringing it back with the recent border surge. Also today, a House committee hearing testimony on the origins of COVID in Wuhan, China, and whether some here wrongly downplayed that possibility in deference to Beijing. Robert Redfield was head of the CDC during the Trump administration. Based on my initial analysis of the data, I came to believe, and I still believe today, that it indicates that COVID-19 more likely was the result of an accidental lab leak. Former Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe says communications monitored right after the outbreak point to a cover-up. All of those communications uh, show a number of things. One, China and the World Health Organization's obfuscation and obstruction of, a, of an investigation into the origins of this. Atlanta Council senior fellow James Metzl. Our intelligence was really at odds with the idea that this was naturally emerging or occurred uh, naturally in nature. Metzl testified that China has done everything in its power to stonewall investigations into the true origins of COVID-19. What's the next technology we should be chasing? The head of the NSA among speakers today at Congress's annual threat assessment gathering, FBI Director Christopher Wray agrees the biggest threats right now are technological. Technology and economic security have become inextricably intertwined with national security. Experts told lawmakers security is more complex now because a lot of that new technology is in the hands of private industry, not government. Another House hearing today on the Biden administration's chaotic withdrawal of U.S. forces from Afghanistan. For the grassroots organizations like Task Force Pineapple that stood up and were chartering planes, getting people out, answering these calls, you're going to hear the frustration and the betrayal that they felt from the State Department. 
Representative and former Green Beret Mike Waltz. On this International Women's Day, the U.N. says Afghanistan is the worst in the world when it comes to how women are treated. Since their 2021 takeover, the Taliban have banned girls' education beyond sixth grade, banned women from most jobs, forbade them to visit parks and gyms, and ordered them to cover themselves from head to toe. The U.N. condemning policies that leave most women and girls prisoners in their own homes. CBS's Vicki Barker. So imagine you're driving down the road and the steering wheel comes right off in your hands. Federal investigators are looking into Tesla's Model Y SUV, which apparently has a flaw in some that can make exactly that scenario happen. The investigation comes after two complaints that steering wheels have come off while being driven. In those two cases, the Model Ys were apparently delivered to customers with a missing bolt that holds the wheel to the steering column. The NTSB's investigation will now look into 120,000 of the vehicles from the 2020 model year. CBS's Cami McCormick. There's been another recall of over-the-counter eye drops, which could do more harm than good. Recall notices are warning people that the product is non-sterile, meaning it may contain germs and bacteria. And that, says Mount Sinai New York eye doctor Neha Sheikh, can lead to even more problems. It can actually go through your tear ducts into the nose or the mucosa or the rest of the part of the body, and that can lead to other types of infection. Dr. Catherine Colby of NYU Langone's Eye Center on why the recall uptick. It's likely from contaminants in the manufacturing. Five people have been permanently blinded linked to recalled drops. That's CBS's Matt Piper. A powerful new storm system bearing down on weather-weary California, packing heavy snow in the mountains, heavy rain in places like San Francisco, where this lady lives. This is my battle against the next storm, is the broom and that drain. Meteorologist Craig Allen. Now we have that atmospheric river set up once again, which takes deep Pacific moisture all the way down from around the Hawaiian Island chain, takes it right on up into the West Coast. Our own meteorologist Kevin Williams will have our forecast just a moment or two from now. Still to come on the 5 o'clock report, an update on fallen firefighter Jason Arno getting the lead out in the Queen City and another hat in the ring for U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania. I'm Kevin Williams, and here is your Family Life Regional Weather Forecast. Partly cloudy in much of Pennsylvania, partly to mostly cloudy in New York, a few flurries in central New York, low temperatures, 20s and low 30s. But tomorrow, clouds, a mixed sun, temperatures peaking in the 30s for most. Friday will end up cloudy with snow arriving in the afternoon and evening, mixed with rain for some. High temperatures Friday, mainly 30s, and again, some accumulations are likely in much of the area later Friday and Friday night. Thank you, Kevin. Now checking the stories making news where you live across New York and Pennsylvania. It's been a week now since that blaze which killed a Buffalo firefighter. The investigation into what caused his death continues. Search teams say the probe into that four-alarm blaze has been slow going. Heavy equipment did arrive on the site today to clear some debris out. Meanwhile, the funeral for the 37-year-old Arno is later this week. An update on that now from Family Life's Dee Haley. Arno was a three-year veteran of the Buffalo Fire Department. His funeral services will be held on Friday at St. Joseph Cathedral at 10 a.m. The 37-year-old leaves behind his wife, Sarah, and daughter, Olivia. The region is preparing for thousands of out-of-town firefighters to attend the services. Dee Haley, Family Life News. Thank you, Dee. A Rome, New York teen struck by a car over the weekend has passed away. 13-year-old Crystal Seymour died at Upstate University Hospital, where she'd been since being struck while walking in the middle of Elmer Hill Road in Rome on Saturday. Police say the driver involved in that incident 
incident was not under the influence of drugs or alcohol. It's time to get the lead out, Buffalo. A new report claims as many as 85,000 homes in the Queen City have dangerous levels of lead paint. The kids were having issues with not feeling well. You know, we're like, maybe it's just the coronavirus. Bethany Mount says she was forced to vacate her home due to lead paint hazards. And then once we really started to notice other issues, as in behavioral issues and memory issues, that's when we said, okay, we have to figure out what's going on here. Mount says after eight months of living in her upstairs apartment, three of her four children tested positive for elevated levels of lead in their blood. Jennifer Delaney with the Erie County Health Department. Even dust is a definite hazard for everybody as far as lead goes. Yes, lead paint chips are the big thing we can see, and obviously we, we want to stop that from being consumed by a child. But lead dust has its own hazards, and we can ingest it, we can inhale it. Delaney says lead paint exposure diminishes a child's learning ability and can cause behavioral problems as well. A Broome County, New York church has mustered the power of prayer against a planned after-school Satan club aimed at elementary school kids. Yesterday, members of the Endwell United Church of Christ gathered in the church parking lot to pray. Then they marched to the Homer Brink Elementary School, where that Satan club hopes to set up shop later this month. We are going to pray for the minds and hearts of any children. Someone will try to confuse about what the truth is. We're just here to pray for souls. Pastor DJ Script tells WBNG that Homer Brink in the Maine Endwell School District is one of several targeted by the Satanic Temple. New York's looking to help schools that are struggling to help students with chronic absenteeism, learning loss, and mental health issues. That story from Family Life's Jeremy Miller. Yeah, many lawmakers are calling to help schools heal from the pandemic-induced problems as negotiations for Governor Hochul's $227 billion budget proposal are underway. A Republican proposal would fund school lunches, mental health counselors, and state police resource officers at every school, as well as expand after-school programming. Hochul has proposed an increase in direct school aid that education advocates have been calling for. Jeremy Miller, Family Life News. Thank you, Jeremy. Now, Pennsylvania News. Throw another hat into the ring for U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania. At least maybe. Here's more from Family Life's Brandon Dixon. Republican Doug Mastriano lost the Pennsylvania governor's race last year by double digits, but could be ready for a political comeback. The conservative tells Politico he's giving serious consideration to running for U.S. Senate next year. Mastriano admits taking on Democratic incumbent Bob Casey will be a challenge. The state Senator states that after God, his wife will have the final word on whether he seeks higher office. Mastriano insists that Casey is a letdown to abortion opponents, especially since his father, former Governor Robert Casey Sr., was adamantly pro-life. Brandon Dixon, Family Life News. Thanks, Brandon. Vehicles without doors like Jeeps and Broncos would be allowed on Pennsylvania roads if the state Senate has its way. That story from Family Life's Terry Diener. Cars would still be required to have standard safety equipment such as side view mirrors and seatbelt protections, even while driving doorless. Senate Bill 298 is now on its way to the Pennsylvania House where it will be voted on. Terry Diener, Family Life News. All right, Terry, and a vehicular mystery of sorts in Athens, Pennsylvania this afternoon after a car wound up in the Susquehanna River along Riverside Drive. WETM reports that no one quite knows yet how that car came to be in the Susquehanna, but that when rescuers arrived, the driver 
driver was apparently already on top of the vehicle awaiting rescue by first responders who arrived by boat. A Carlisle, Pennsylvania man, one of four people who died in a midair collision between two planes in Florida yesterday. 67-year-old Randall Crawford of Carlisle was one of the victims of that collision over Lake Hartage in Winter Haven, Florida. Flight instructor Tom Adams says it's possible the two pilots never saw each other. When an aircraft is taking off, they can't see down and the aircraft taking off and the Piper Cub, which possibly was on the lake, could not see upward. Two of the victims, a student pilot and instructor, were from Florida, the fourth victim from Texas. And it was a short run for Syracuse in the ACC men's basketball tourney today. Wake Forest got a three-pointer at the buzzer for a 77-74 win over the Orangemen this afternoon. Your nightly market report is up next, brought to you by Ambassador Advisors. Here's Family Life's Dave Margolotti. Stocks ending the day mixed after a volatile day of trading following the Federal Reserve Chair's second day meeting with the Housing Financial Services Committee. Jerome Powell giving no decision on the size of the interest rate increase for the Fed's meeting in late March. Markets are expecting a 25 or 50 basis point hike at that next meeting. The JOLTS job openings report released this morning came in with more openings than the markets were expecting, adding additional inflationary fears. Crude oil today dropped, closing at $76.50 a barrel. The Dow was down 68 points, the Nasdaq gained 46, and the S&P 500 added six. Ambassador Advisors is a Christian financial planning firm helping faithful stewards do more. Online at ambassadoradvisors.com. Thank you, Dave. This is the five o'clock report on family life. How big are your barns? Hi, I'm Rob West with your Faith and Finance Minute. Luke 12 has the parable of the rich fool who built bigger barns to store his abundance, lived in luxury, and lost his soul. Is this something we still need to be concerned about? Few of us have barns these days, but Jesus' message is just as important for us today. Like the rich fool, we may take God's abundance for granted. You can avoid that by becoming rich toward God, acknowledging that your abundance is in Him, not your bank account. And you show that by giving generously to His kingdom. Do that, and one day you'll hear those all-important words from Matthew 25, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Master. We can help you learn to manage your money according to biblical principles when you download the free FaithFi app. You'll find it on our website at faithfi.com. Thank you, sir. Coming up on the 5 o'clock report, we'll see you back here in 80 days. It's a wonderful world if you'll only take the time to go around it. Are you formally challenging me to undertake a journey around the world in 80 days? I said this is absurd. I'm Kevin Williams, and here is your Family Life Regional Weather Forecast. We'll be keeping our eyes on a storm impact in California today. It's going to come east, and we'll bring snow to parts of the area later Friday, Friday night into Saturday. In the meantime, tonight will be quiet. Partly cloudy in much of Pennsylvania, partly to mostly cloudy in New York, a few flurries in central New York, low temperatures, 20s and low 30s. For tomorrow, clouds, a mixed sun, temperatures peaking in the 30s for most. Friday will end up cloudy. We're still arriving in the afternoon and evening, mixed with rain for some. Friday's high, 32 to 37. Thank you very much, Kevin Williams. And finally, at five, author Jules Verne first dreamed up the fictional adventure to Phineas Fogg circling the globe in 80 days on a bet. Movies followed, but now fiction meets fact in the form of two adventurous octogenarians who are looking to go 80 for 80. Our story from Family Life's Brian Query. 
From Beijing to Buenos Aires, Sandy Hazlip and Ellie Hamby are sending a message to older individuals around the world. That's because the two 80-year-olds are going around the world in 80 days. Hazlip and Hamby met in Zambia two decades ago, and a friendship quickly blossomed. And they have already had several trips together before they got the idea to see all seven continents and all seven wonders of the world on a mission to celebrate their 80th birthdays by going around the world in 80 days. The total itinerary is 18 countries, and when asked what advice they'd give to other seniors their age? Don't sit in that chair and waste away. If you don't use it, you lose it. Their motto is to always smile and never get upset, and they're losing no time at all traveling to the ends of the earth together. Brian Query, Family Life News. Excellent advice there. That's the world we live in for Wednesday, March 8th, 2023. Thank you again for joining us. I'm Mark Webster, Family Life News.